Hello there, and welcome to episode 22 of the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I'm so excited to be back with you. I know when we spoke last and when I was with you last on the last episode, it was the very beginning of December, and here we are now, three weeks into the month and only a week or so away from Christmas. Can Can you believe that we are literally nearing the end of the year, which is amazing, and the end of a decade, which is even more amazing? I don't think I really caught on to that until maybe a few months ago when I started seeing people talk about the fact that we were ending a decade, and I kind of, you know, came up for air and was like, oh my gosh, we really are about to enter into a new decade. So, wow, Um, I couldn't think of a better way to prepare to... Um, ramp up to level up all those things uh, than what we're doing right now and what we've been doing now for months um, with our series in particular on intentional living. Just God has just been downloading um, that into my heart and spirit for you over the last several months. And so I trust that you've been blessed. I trust that your life is um, shaping up in more meaningful ways that you are starting to really Um, as we're going to get into more in today's message, take control of your life and make sure that you are living um, intentionally and that you are in control of your life and your life is not in control of you. So with that, I am a little stuffy, kind of getting over some um, congestion and things of that sort, but I'm doing well and I pray you're doing well. Had a chance to do a bit of travel um, a couple of weeks back with my mom, uh, early Christmas gifts. So I love to travel. Um, I may have shared that with you already. Um, and if you know me, then you you know that to be true. So that was a lovely thing. And yeah, now looking ahead to Christmas, then the end of the year. And before I jump in, I will say that I have something special coming down the pipe uh, to wrap up the new year beyond the podcast. Um, the co- podcast will be a part of it in its own unique way, but I am actually, and you're hearing it here first I am actually going to be releasing as my gift to you and all of my um, community of followers um, across my platforms on social media and my, um, you know, those that are connected to me and that I have a even more regular relationship with via email and devotionals and things of that sort. Um, just my community, if you will, and the community of believers that God has um, brought to me to speak into your lives. I'm going to be sharing 10 days of empowerment. So you don't want to miss it. Um, I'll be giving instructions on my social media uh, accounts on how you can sign up to benefit. It is my gift to you and it is representative of some of the highlights and some of the key things that God has taught me and that I've been blessed to share over the past decade. So literally we're going all the way back um, over the past decades and I'm going to be sharing kind of like my top 10 with you for your own personal um, intake and you know, uh, feeding and just ramping up and, and that much more preparing you for the greater things that God has in store for you in the year and the decade and the decades to come. So 
with that greeting and opening, we're going to dive right back in to our latest teaching in our intentional living series, which is on taking control of our lives. We started last time with part one and we discovered the first key to taking control of our lives, which is through our words. So I pray that you have been putting that into operation, that you've been monitoring what you say, that you've been really studying those scriptures that we talked about, really starting to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to, to literally use your words as a change agent, um, you know, coupled with your faith to really start to see some amazing things happen or some situations turn around that need to be reversed. Some curses that may need to be reversed, some things that may need to be set into motion for you, for your family, for your future. So that was key one or part and part one. And I gave you um, the blueprint. So I told you that it would be your words and your thoughts. And so today we are back to jump in on part two of what it means and how we take control of our lives. um, The two major avenues. And we're picking up with our thoughts. We're picking up with our thoughts because our thoughts are also very essential and very key to us living Lives that are vibrant, that are good, that reflect the abundance of God, the goodness of God, the wisdom of God, the favor of God, the peace of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7 that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you cannot go around with stinking thinking. I love that. Joyce Meyer said that years ago, and I love that. Stinking thinking does not translate into abundant living. No, stinking thinking equals stinking living. And so just like we've got to be intentional about our words, we've also got to be intentional about our thoughts, about our imaginations, about how we think about ourselves first and foremost, and then how we frame and think about this broader life and this broader world that um, we live in. And our thoughts, as we're going to see um, in today's lesson, have so much to do with how we live, how we experience life, how we navigate the situations or circumstances that we encounter in life, whether good or bad, um, and how we ultimately overcome and triumph over those things that can try to stop us, can try to take us back, can try to throw us off and take us down. We're, ha- we're not having any of that. Jesus has given us answers and victory in him and in the word. And we are not going out like punks. We are not going to let the devil best us when we have the keys to the kingdom to unlock all of heaven's blessing, all of heaven's bounty, all of the goodness of God, all of the manifestation. Yes, manifestation. That is not a bad word. That's a good word. Jesus said, and the father said through Jesus, that when you know Jesus and you obey him, then he's going to come and manifest himself to you. So if it's a bad thing to have something manifested, then I think God would be the first to know. No, he invented manifestation. Granted, you have the world that takes things that come from the kingdom and they manipulate them and they twist them. But we're talking about true manifestation, which is the glory of God, which is i.e. God's word coming to pass in your life. God's word is living. It's alive. It's a rhema word. It's a vibrant word. It's not a static word. The logos word is the written word. The rhema word is the spoken, the vibrant word. And together they equal life. They equal life. So as you take in God's word, as you choose to believe the word, as you choose to follow and obey and implement and flow in and walk in the word, 
then you will get what? The results that the word of God promises. That's the whole point. But it starts with our inner lives, our inner man, being in tune with God, having a heart towards God, wanting to honor God above and beyond what we can get from the word. Because my, as my pastor um, has always said, and I love this, God is not a magician and the Bible is not a magic book. You don't just come to God to download your, your blessing and your man and your wife and your husband and your job and your car and your house. And then you go on about your merry little way, living any old kind of raggedy life. No, that's not how this works. It comes through what a personal relationship with him, where your heart is inclined to him, where you are open to him and he can speak to you and, and you can be sensitive to him and you can flow with him and you can have this beautiful communion that gives you peace. In the midst of the storm, the Bible says in Philippians 4, it's peace that passes all understanding. And you're listening to someone who knows something about that after almost 26 years of walking with Jesus. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But have I learned some things and have I grown through some things and have I experienced some things in my life that absolutely give me, along with the call of God on my life, which is undisputable, the confidence and the boldness to say to you that when you love God and when God loves you, that there is no match for that and that you are more than a conqueror. I say it from a place of knowing child of God and that same boldness and that same confidence needs to be a, a, um, stirred up in your heart and mind. It needs to be a parent in your life so that you not only can help your, yourself, but you can also encourage others. That's the whole point of this deal with the family of God. Not just for me and my four and no more, but for me and all those that God has called me to influence. You know, I have my sphere of influence and praise the Lord. I pray that he continues to expand my territory and enlarge my borders. But I'm going to be faithful no matter what, wherever, whatever he gives me. If he gives me two people, if he gives me a thousand people, if he gives me a million people, whatever he gives me, you're going to get all that I have. And I think you can see that. I'm not moved by numbers. I'm not moved by likes and follows and atta girls and all that. I'm moved by the call of God on my life. And I don't need any man to co-sign it. Like Paul, the apostle Paul said, when God got, gave him the vision, he conferred no longer with flesh and blood. We are in the last of the last days. It's time for you to get clear on who you are in Christ, what you're called to do and do it without apology. God says we are to be constant in season and out of season, not based on who thinks you're cute, who likes you, who plays favorites. Forget all that. That's child's play. We're talking about kingdom business here. There's souls on the line, starting with your own. So praise the Lord. We're going to dive right in here um, on our thoughts specifically. There's so many things I could say, as you know, um, I get so stirred up because I pray before I start these teachings and I always, my number one prayer from heaven is that it be all of him and none of me. So you're not hearing from me. You're hearing from the Lord. That is my prayer. Even when I'm being casual, even when I'm telling a joke or I'm sharing something about my life, the whole intention is for God to be glorified and for you to be blessed and uplifted. And receive something from heaven that can take you forward in your life and in your walk with God. Glory to God. So, 
As it relates to our thoughts, when we started the last time, I laid the foundation and I shared with you the fact that the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 6. Feel free to get your Bible if you don't already have it and follow along or take notes. But there it tells us that to be carnally minded is death or separation from God and his best. That's ultimately what death represents. You're alienated from God. You're alienated from the life of God, from any, you know, uh, presence of God, so to speak, on that in that area because you have chosen to go a different way. And it says when we're carnally minded, it ultimately results in that death and that separation. But on the flip side of things, because we do have choices. To be spiritually minded is life. And I like to say life more abundant in the, to the full till it overflows. I.e. the good life that Jesus came to give us according to John 10.10. 10. And peace, wholeness, shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. So do you see the big divide there? Hmm. Death, life, and peace. Now which one would you choose? I have to believe you're smart enough to choose life and peace. At least mentally assent with me starting off, even if you don't feel like you're ready to put all the gears in motion and you may be thinking, oh, I don't really want to be disciplined in my thoughts. I don't really want to go through all that. Let me help you with something. It takes just as much time, if not more, to go through the ill effects of not lining up with what God's word has said is right and true and best for us as it does to actually get yourself in a disciplined place and a committed place to do the things that are going to make for your best and your highest good. Because ultimately this is helping who? Who is it helping when we get into the word and we see what God is saying to us and then we decide to do it and believe it and speak it and think it and share it and live it? Who is that helping? Is that helping God? Mm, no, because guess what? He's all right. He's better than all right. He's sitting on the throne in glory. So whether we ever decide to get in line with what he's given us, Proverbs tells us through and through, wisdom is crying out. The fool, the simpleton simply goes on without ever taking it in, without ever giving it its proper place. But the wise person takes heed. We have to choose to be those wise people God has crowned us as that, but we've got to actually claim it and bring it into us and live in it to see the benefits. Glory to God. So I talked last time about those two cycles. There's that death cycle and we enter that with our words as well as our thoughts. And then there's the life cycle, which we also enter in with our words and in our thoughts. Because if you back up right here in Romans 8 to verse 1, the Bible there lays it out for us. And it says, there is therefore now, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then it goes in to tell us about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of, the, of sin and death. So there is a choice to be made. Every time... Thoughts come into your mind and are presented to you. There is a choice to be made. 
There will be thoughts that come to you about your identity, the very core of who you are that will challenge who God has said you are and what God has said you are. There will be thoughts that will come to you about how God sees you and whether or not you're even loved by God. The enemy is doing everything he can to everything that he can to disregard and cause you to believe a lie. So you've got to be smart enough to believe and know that God's word is the final authority. It's the truth. And anything that comes into my life, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but anything that comes to me that contradicts what God has said in his word and even in my heart that is lined up with his word, it's rejected. It's a lie. I don't receive it. If I'm created in a certain way, and then lies come to me to say, but you're really something else. You're not really a woman. You're really, you're really a man on the inside. That's a lie. No, I'm a woman. That's who God created me to be. That's who I am. That's what I receive about myself. And then those contra contrary feelings and emotions that I'm not disputing are real in the fact that they are there. But they don't have a right to stay there. Is where the battle comes in and that's where the work comes in and God will help us through those things. He will put people in our lives. He will give us wisdom. He will lead us. He will deliver us supernaturally, whatever it takes. But we've got to start with the foundation of no matter what I feel, even about myself, no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, I'm not moved by that. I'm only moved by the word of God, which is the truth. Jesus said it in John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them with thy truth. In other words, he was saying, Lord, I want you to set them apart. They are mine. They belong to me. They're in this world, but they're not of this world. They live differently. They flow differently. They are different. They are mine. So father, although I'm coming back to you, I want you to set them apart. That's what sanctification means. It means to be set apart. And set unto you're being separated from one thing and set unto another thing. When you are born again, you are sanctified, meaning you are separated from the world and its devices and its purposes for your life. And you are sanctified and set unto God and his kingdom and his purposes and plans for your life. And he said there in his prayer to, to the father before he went to the cross that he wanted us to be sanctified by what? By the truth. And then he defined it in case anybody was conflicted or confused. And he said, thy word is truth, O Lord. So that, brothers and sisters, is the foundation upon which we live and upon which we govern and judge what is right for us, what is true to us and about us, what we accept what we reject. And I'm not saying it's easy. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. I'm not even saying that it's something that you can do on your own. No, absolutely. You're going to have to have God's word, which is supernatural strength. You're going to have to have the help of the Holy Spirit, who is your helper, your advocate, your comforter, your standby, your intercessor, your counselor. You can read all about him in John 16 there. It lays it all out. 
And that's why we've got to make room for these things in our lives. If we are constantly carnally inclined and we're really not making any room for the spiritual realities of our lives and we're not feeding our spirits, fellowshipping with like-minded believers, getting under a strong ministry, I advocate that. There's nothing like a covering, a spiritual covering. Sure, you can flip open your laptop or your phone and you can pull up a YouTube video or you can dial into a, a service. And I'm not chagrinning that. That's great. Technology is actually intended to help exponentially preach and pronounce and proclaim the gospel. We would be remiss as a body of Christ if we didn't take advantage of these tools and we left them for the devil and his crew. But foundational things never change. And one of those foundational things that God has said to us is forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. What does that mean? How can you assemble yourself when you're at home at your kitchen counter with your laptop all the time and you never actually physically go to a church house? So see, those are the things we're talking about. We're talking about first things first. What did God say? Now, did God mean for you never to be able to doubt? I do it. I, I, I will be the first to say I take advantage of technology. I'm plugged into a lot of different ministries that, and I won't say a lot, but I'm plugged into key ministries that are foundational to me that have been a part of my walk and have helped me to grow and continue to challenge and help me to grow and encourage me and comfort me just the way I do others. And yes, I read their newsletters. I read the books. I listen to the podcast. I tune in online, even with my own church home. But you know how I really grew leaps and bounds in a relatively short amount of time in my walk with the Lord so that I could get about the business of doing what he called me to do. It wasn't by being lazy and holding back. It was by going full speed ahead, being hungry for the things of God. If you're not hungry for the things of God, then that's a prayer you need to implement today. Start today. God will answer that prayer. That is a legitimate prayer. Lord, make me thirsty and hungry for you because he said those who thirst and hunger for righteousness will be filled. So if you're full of all the things of the world, the housewives and this one and that one and who said what and girl, did you read over here about him and did you read about that? Did you read about what he said by his stripes you're healed? Did you read about that? So, so see, th these are the things we really want to start to clean up and, and prepare for 2020 and beyond. This is not bondage. This is freedom. Do you know how liberating and free it is to flow with God? To see the devil and his schemes before coming before they ever get off the ground and to shut it down. To bless other people with the words of your mouth. To flow in your purpose and give God the glory. Do you know that's living? That's living. So, in part, and that was my ice maker. Um, but yes, that's what we are to, ought, ought to be focusing on. We are, we are in the last of the last days you know, we are called to our generation. We don't have another generation. I don't know what's going to happen in the generations after us, but I know what's happening in my generation. And I know I'm called to be a big part of what God is doing in the earth now. Because that's all I've got. I've got now. Our children and our children's children's 
children will have should the Lord tarry his coming, the future generations. But you and me, we've only got now. And that's all God is asking for. He's just asking for now. He's just asking for you to fill your heart with his word now, to spend time with him now, to get hungry and thirsty for him now. To put him as first place now. To seek his face now. To worship him now. To love him now. To walk with him now. To get to know him now. To let him bless you in ways you never imagined now. To open doors for you that no man can shut now. So, with that, we're taking control of our thoughts. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And our thoughts are so powerful that they also will determine the ultimate state of our lives. Yes, our words absolutely impact everything in our lives. I think I've driven that home pretty well. But our thoughts, equally so. Spiritual thinking, as I just said, produces life and peace. And that's where we're headed. So how do we deal with our thoughts? Let's get, let's get down to it. And you may want to take some notes here. Of course, my highest recommendation is you take notes and you download the podcast and you share it with friends and you have study groups and Bible studies around it and you meet for dinner and you talk about it and you listen to it again and again and again and again and again. Glory to God. Because that's how things get down into your spirit. Just like the things that are there got in your spirit. I have, a, I have a message on the law of receiving on my website if you go under my articles. And it breaks down for you how we receive things in our lives. Everything we have, good or bad. There is a process. It's a law. It's not whimsical. It's not, ooh, maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. No, it's a law. Just like the law of gravity. And it works for any and everyone that gets involved with it. And so when it comes to how do we deal with our thoughts, because our thoughts have to be dealt with. If we don't deal with our thoughts, guess what's going to happen? Our thoughts are going to deal with us. And again, we're talking about taking control, not being under the control of negative thoughts and negative words and the repercussions that they bring about. So there are two primary responses. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, you cast them down and bring them into subjection to God's word. Or number two, you take them as your own. So in in essence, you're either rejecting them or accepting them. That's the simple way to put it. But the Bible gives us detailed instructions on how to cast them down or take them as our own. Because did you know you've never had an independent thought in your life? When these thoughts pop up in your head, you think it's you. But it's not. You have never had an independent thought. The thoughts are coming from one of two sources. God or Satan. So see... 
you've got to know some things to be able to discern where the thoughts are coming from and whether it's smart to cast it down and bring it into subjection to God's word because it's not of God or whether to take it as your own because in fact it is God. So the first option is reserved for every high thought that attempts to exalt itself against the knowledge of God or simply put every evil carnal thought. And all such thoughts should be immediately captured by opening your mouth. And so this is how we're going to do it. We're going to open our mouths. So yes, we're back to our words again. (laughs) You didn't think we were going to get away from it, did you? We're going to open our mouths and we're going to speak the word that overcomes that evil way of thinking. And this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. So this is the prescription, the negative thought, the evil thought comes in and it may go something like you're sick and you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. This disease is going to kill you. Okay. So that came from one, one or two places. Did that come from God or did it come from Satan? Okay. Well, The Bible says that we cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the what? Knowledge of God. So then we have to pause and say, okay, this thought just came into my mind. What do I know about God? What is my knowledge of God? What is my knowing of God around sickness and disease? And then you start to consider what the word has to say. The word said that Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And with his stripes, you are healed. The word says he'll satisfy you with long life and show you his salvation. The word says he heals all your diseases. The word says he sent his word and healed you and delivered you from your destruction. Do you get it? Do you see how we're doing this thing? So you open your mouth and the devil is a liar and you begin to proclaim and snuff out. Cast down and bring into subjection that lie from the pit of hell that this disease is going to take you out by speaking the truth of God's word. And that is going to effectively shut that thought down, take it out of your consciousness and out of your psyche and establish the will of God in your mind and in your life. Because you're getting a one-two punch there. It's like a twofer. You're getting a two-for-one. You're releasing the power of God and you're simultaneously shutting down the lies of the devil. So it's a win-win. Glory to God. And you may have to do that again and again and again. And so this is where the patience and the persistence and the faithfulness and the long-suffering is going to come in. Because it may take more than one time. It may take more than one day or two days. And somebody say, you know, I tried that, but it really didn't work for me. Oh, okay. Oh, you tried it yesterday. Okay. Well, you tried it yesterday. Okay. Right. Mm. No, we're called to be warriors. We're called to suffer long, to do whatever it takes until the victory is in our hands. We already have the victory, but we're just protecting it and maintaining it. And ensuring that it does manifest. Because just like God has a will for our lives, the enemy has a will for our lives. 
And ultimately, it's about who will we let win? Who will we give the final authority? And so if the devil comes and a lie comes to you that says something like, God doesn't love you. Are you kidding the way you acted after you acted like that? The way you talked to those people, the way you carried on. And you know God doesn't love you. He's not pleased with that. You may as well just go on, come on back over here on my side and, and, and sin and act the fool. Pause. Hmm. Okay. Yes, I may be feeling low right now. I may not be proud of myself. Yes, I know what I did was wrong. But the word of God tells me that he has loved me with an everlasting love. The Bible has told me that Jesus has put us in God's hands and no man and nothing can take us out. The Bible told me that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible told me that I am his beloved. So no, I reject that. And I decree and declare that I am God's beloved. And that I love him and he loves me and nothing will separate me from his love in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, you might be talking to yourself. You might be talking out loud. You might be talking while you're driving down the street. You might be talking while you're studying for school. You might be talking while you're getting dressed in the morning. You might be saying things under your breath, but you're handling business. You're taking control of your life and you're not going to give the devil an inch. You're not going to let one lie slide. You may be taking a shower and all of a sudden something flashes before your mind about showing you a picture of you having a car accident. Now, are you going to sit there and lean into that? Oh, no, you're going to open your mouth and say, in the name of Jesus, that'll never happen to me. My life is redeemed from destruction. And in my pathway is life and life more abundant and there is no death. And if you don't know what to say, because we don't, none of us know everything. And if you feel like you don't have a scripture already in your heart to draw from, that's when you really start to pause. You go to the Bible physically, your app, whatever it looks like. You even call up Siri and you say, hey, I need some scriptures on divine protection. I need, give me some scriptures on peace. Give me some scriptures on love because I'm really ready to sock somebody in the teeth right now. But I know that's not the God way. <laughs> I've never been really ready to sock somebody in the teeth. That's just an example. Praise the Lord. But the point being, we're discerning. Through the lens of God's word, number one, if the thought is from God or from the devil, and once we know the source and that it is in fact a vain imagination, it is in fact a high thought that is attempting to exalt itself above what God has said about you in your life. We are going to cast it down. And bring it into subjection to that word and remind the devil that Jesus is still his master. And that he's still a defeated foe. So that's number one. I think you got that. And then the second way, and that second option that I gave you, which was take it as your own, is reserved for those thoughts that actually are of God. These are the thoughts that are in agreement with his word and that do promote the righteousness and peace of God. So here, these are the thoughts we actually want to take or accept for ourselves. 
And we do it once again by opening our mouths. Ha ha. (laughs) So yes, your mouth is going to be in hot movement and, and action. So your family may be saying and looking at you now like, you never talk this much. Just tell them it's a new day, baby. We're taking control and we're taking over. And tell them we didn't come to take sides. We came to take over. Glory to God. So we're going to open our mouth in these instances. Jesus gave us the blueprint here as well. And we're going to actually speak aloud that spiritual thought instead of casting it down. So a totally different reverse action in response to the thoughts that come from God. So we're going to actually embrace that thought and the life that it produces, because just like our words are things and they are spiritual containers, our thoughts are also things in spiritual containers, that whole life. Whether it's death, that whole death or life, I should say. And so we actually speak out loud the thought And according to Matthew 6 and 31, that's called taking a thought. And in this, our circumstances and situations are not in control. We are. See, when Jesus was talking there in Matthew 6, he said, take no thought saying. So in essence, he was teaching us that the way you take a thought is by saying. So when he comes to you in your mind and says, you're blessed and highly favored. You take that by saying, Lord, I want to thank you that I'm blessed and highly favored. Yes, I think I'll have some blessed and highly favored in my life. And you co-sign for that. You sign for the package with your words. You see, if, if the delivery man comes to my home and he rings the doorbell and I come to the door and he hands me a package and I look down at the package, but it's not my name on the package, then I'm not going to sign for it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it back to him. And I'm going to tell him to get, go away, wrong house, wrong package. I'm not signing for it because it's not mine. Wasn't addressed to me. Wasn't intended for me. Return to sender. Return to whoever it's supposed to be. But it's not mine. However, when that delivery man shows up and I've been ordering stuff on Amazon or whatever, (laughs) And he rings that doorbell and I go to that door and I get that package and my name is on it. And I've been expecting it. And I know it's right for me. Then you better believe I'm going to whip out my John Hancock. And I'm going to receive that package joyfully into my life and into my house. And that's the same way we are going to be and we should be operating when it comes to the thoughts that come into our mind. See, someone asked Brother Kenneth Hagin once, This lady, she asked him, she says, how can I keep, how can I keep from thinking bad thoughts? Isn't that something we'd all love to know? I'm sure there's not one of us who wishes that we wouldn't have to contend, but that's the life of a believer. That's our life in this earth until we are caught up, until we are translated, until we are on the other side with the Lord in eternity in heaven, then yes, we are in the earth and there is a battle waging. We've already won, but we still have to maintain our turf. We can't rescind and give in. 
And so she asked this question to Brother Hagen about her thought life. Because I guess she was tired of having these bad thoughts. She, who wants to think bad thoughts? Who wants to think, oh, that person is, their breath, their breath is horrible. They need to, <laughs> I'm just making stuff up, y'all. But who wants to have ugly thoughts about others, about ourselves, about our lives, about anything? Who wants it? Yeah, thoughts will come to you. Ugly thoughts will come to you about other people. She thinks she all that. Who does she think she is? She thinks she's all that. No. In fact, she may, she may think she's all that. And guess what? That's her right. But rather than thinking that, you can cast that down and say, you know what? I bless her in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for your favor on her life. I thank you for the good work you've begun in her that you're faithful to complete to the day of Christ. See, that'll shut the enemy down. And he'll be less inclined to come to you with that foolishness because he knows it's not going to go anywhere. And then rather than you running off and telling three or four other people, you know, she thinks she all that. Showing your own insecurities and jealousy and, and ugliness apart. You'll shut it down in prayer. It'll never go any further. And that'll be the end of that. So. When it comes to dealing with bad thoughts, Brother Hagen had this sage advice. He says, you can't keep the thoughts from coming. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, in essence, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. So in other words, what he was telling her is, bad thoughts are going to come. That's inevitable because you still have a devil on the loose until he is finally put away. Yes, his power has been stripped, but he still tries things. He still tries it. As we say, they tried. They tried it. He tries it. He's testing you. He wants to see if you really believe what you say you believe. So he's going to try it. And then he's going to find out. So yes, the, the thoughts may come. The birds may fly. But that doesn't mean you have to let him build a nest in your hair. You don't have to let the thoughts settle in. And you don't have to sign for them, God forbid, if they're not of God. So, once we get our blueprint, which we have, what's left to do? We stick with it. Remember I said that you may have to do it again and again and again and again because it takes that diligence. When you're renewing your mind, renewing your mind is not a one-time event. It's a lifetime commitment. You're in this for life. We're lifers. Glory to God. This is not a bless me, hurry up and bless me club so I can be out. No, this is a lifetime commitment. And for life, you will have to monitor and contend and judge and take control over your thoughts and your words. so You can have victory 24-7. God has given you that authority. And that responsibility. We're going to be dedicated and committed to gaining control over the words we speak and the thoughts we think. So go ahead and accept that now. Go ahead and say to the Lord, Lord, I thank you that I am a committed, faithful believer and that I will be diligent in gaining control over the words that I speak. And the thoughts that I think. And we are going to keep at it. Even when we make a mistake. Because we will. I do. You will. I wish 
after all these years, I can say that I never say the wrong thing or think the wrong thing, but it hasn't gotten to that, to that place yet. I'm a way, I'm way down the path and much farther than I was 25, almost 26 years ago. And I thank God for that because I've been able to benefit from the fruit thereof. Remember Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that power of life and death is in the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And similarly with our thoughts, we're going to either be eating from the well of death with carnal, carnal thoughts or the well of life and peace with spiritual thoughts. So I'm so thankful for that foundation that I received all those years ago and that I've been building upon. But it takes constant, continual focus, commitment, diligence, repenting, starting over, getting up, dusting yourself off. The righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. He gets back up and he keeps going. Why? Because God is with him and for him and in him and for and he's with you and in you and for you. He's on your side. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you don't leave him, he's never going to leave you. And even if you do leave him, he's not going to leave you. Because he's a war. And he's always going to be wooing you back. And ultimately, you have to decide if you're going to respond to that. But God will never leave you nor forsake you, child of God. You can never outsend the grace of God because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So grace will always be greater than. Grace is the ultimate greater than. Hallelujah. So now we have our blueprint. And no, we will not be punked by life. We will not be punked by situations and circumstances that try to get out of control or that may already be out of control because now we know how to turn it around. We know how to turn that rudder on that ship. We know how to set our thermostat to victory with our words and our thoughts and walk it out. That song, walk it out. Now walk it out. Now walk it out. Those are our instructions. Hey, we're leaving 2019 and entering 2020. We're going to walk it out. We're going to walk it out. Speak right words. Walk it out. Think right things. Walk it out. Glory to God. And remember, it's not just up to you. You know, the world says if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Lie, lie, lie. Once again, you have to challenge things. See, I think I'm going to start a series. I did one message on broadly with an example True or false, what did God say? But I'm, I'm seeing the need to do more and more of those because I come across so many insta theologians these days that are saying things that simply are not true, that do not line up with God's word. And I'm not trying to say that I know everything. Absolutely not. But I know some things. And so the some things that I do know I'm going to be bold about it. And I suggest that you do the same. If you can back it up in the word and scripture flow, but on the contrary, own your spiritual growth. Don't just fall for every little saying that comes out because it sounds good. You know, the Bible says in the last days, they're going to be itching ears and people that want to hear things that are not necessarily rooted and grounded in truth. Don't be that person. 
Be the person that's committed to the uncompromised word of God. Even when you may not be living it, even when you may not be there yet in your own personal walk, acknowledge that it's right. Acknowledge that it's true. So you can get there. You'll never get there by yielding to deception. Maybe you're not ready to go that, go and go to that place yet. Maybe you still want to play over here in the sin box in some way. That's between you and the Lord, but at least acknowledge that there is a standard in the word of God so that God can get you there ultimately. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. If it's meant to be, it's up to me as a, is a lie from the pit of hell, because unlike the children of the world, we have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphanless as orphans. I will not leave you fathers. I will not leave you as orphans. So he sent his spirit to live and dwell in us. The greater one lives in us. He lives in us. And the Holy Spirit is here to make sure our journey is one where at the end we're able to, God is able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So call upon him. I say this and I've said this many times. If you've been with me, you've probably heard, heard it, but the Holy Spirit helps some people a whole lot more than he helps others. Why is that? Is it because he's playing favorites? No, because the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. It absolutely not. It's because some people, the ones that get all the help are the ones that actually call upon him and ask for his help. <laughs> Imagine that. You have not because you ask not. So as you are making this transformation to come up higher in your, in your life and, and using your words to bless your life and to help you and to turn situations around for your good and align with God's will for you and your thoughts, it's not mission impossible. It's mission all things are possible with God and all things are possible to him who believes and all things are possible when you flow with your helper. He will help you to ensure that you are victorious rather than a victim of an out of control life. I thank you so much for listening today, child of God. And I'm so excited about where we're headed and where you're headed in your life as you intentionally embrace these truths, as you intentionally make a decision to live on a higher level, I ask as always that you will be liberal, not only in feeding on the podcast for yourself, but sharing it with others. Anybody that you know that could benefit from these teachings, please share. And I also ask that you would leave comments that you would rate the podcast that you would subscribe it helps to amplify our voice and to get more visibility in those arenas so with that in case i'm not back with you on this platform before then i want to wish you a very merry christmas i actually will be sharing my um capsulized version of the Christmas story and so I ask you to tune in for that on 
my social media channels. And if you're not already signed up for our ministry newsletter, go ahead and do that. You can check me out on our website at dawnrichards.org. You can check me out on Twitter at Dawn Richards Men. You can check me out on Instagram at Dawn Richards Men and on Facebook at Dawn Richards Ministries. Plug in. Now is the time to get plugged in. If you're listening, I believe you already are, but hey, there are more ways to plug in with me. So I pray that you will stay connected so we can continue to go from glory to glory and faith to faith together. Until then, and until next time, continue to live intentionally, embrace the good life, and God bless you.